Welcome to the Tarleton BSM Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our director, Clayton Bullion. So we did Beach Reach, and then we kind of had our second spring break, um, and most of us on Beach Reach were quarantined. Um, and then really yesterday we kind of got out of quarantine and Stephenville did the shelter in place. And so for that part, I've really been working from home. My wife, Bethany, is a school teacher and they basically took public school and made it homeschool. And she's been resourcing that and leading her team in doing that. And then we have four kids. Um, and so, you know, Noah, Nate, Sophia, and Obi. And Obi's four and Obi's insane. And we love him. Um, one of the sweetest kids I know, um, but I'm biased. Bullying kids are my favorite kids. But the thing, the thing is, is that it's been this, this, this juggling match of trying to figure out how do I help them do school, how to help Bethany do school, how do we do BSM stuff. Um, and so just to kind of give you a picture of what my life has been like, here's a picture of what working from home looks like. So if you notice, uh, that's Obi doing his two favorite things, playing Switch and being in my space. Um, and so when he's not doing that, he's trying to get me to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Um, but that's where we're at. And so last, yesterday afternoon, that was going on. And I'm trying to type some stuff up for tonight and try to get some things ready. And I'm, I'm wrestling with this. And I'm just like, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. Um, and then my wife texts and said, hey, I'm at Walmart. Trampolines are on sale. What do you think? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We, we took day three of schooling from home and we've already bought a trampoline. We may buy a pony, like whatever it takes. Um, but that's kind of been our life um, these past several days. And I was for sure, like the easiest decision I've made these past two weeks is let's get a trampoline for the kids. Um, and you may be like that too. You may be thinking, man, I, the easiest decision is I do need to eat that whole box of oatmeal cream pies. You know, I do need to do this. I do need that. But there's also times in our lives where we deal with a lot of uncertainty. And you may be here and, and it may be the big picture of what's going on in the world and what do we do. Uh, it may be the, the smaller micro, more personal to you of stressing out about this relationship or that relationship or I don't know what to do with my family. I don't know what to do with my grades. I, my graduation date didn't come through. Um, life is full of uncertainty and if, if ever before in the history of the world we get a more clear picture of that now than we did six months ago. Life is full of uncertainties. Um, and really, it's, it's how God's people respond to those uncertainties that demonstrate our faith in Him. And you may be here, and you may be stressed out. And if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. This is a judge-free zone, okay? Um, but you don't have to leave here stressed out. You don't have to leave here uncertain about some things. And so I want to take a second. I want to look at a guy in the Bible and a people in the Bible who dealt with a lot of uncertainty. So if you've got your Bibles, flip them open or flip them on. We're going to be in 2 Chronicles. Um, if you don't have a Bible and you're scrambling trying to figure out what to do, uh, keep the browser open. Don't worry about it. We'll toss the, the verses up on the screen here in a second. Um, but your Bible is divided up into two parts, Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is the story of God creating the world, working with this people called Israel, um, them coming close to God and then falling back and coming close to God and falling back. Um, and then the New Testament is the story of Jesus. And really, there's a lot of physical salvations that go on in the Old Testament. God's people get in trouble, and God physically rescues them, in a sense. Um, and the New Testament is 
the spiritual working out of these physical realities in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we see Jesus kind of come to the forefront. And so we're going to be in 2 Chronicles, which is kind of a history book, and it's talking through these people called Israel and their history as a kingdom. Um, and so we're going to kind of move into where Jehoshaphat is king. And I want you to kind of look at this for a second. You, those of you that you remember Star Wars, um, for those of you that are the purest and you did 4, 5, and 6 first, um, thank you for doing it the right way. If you, if you went 1, 2, and 3, again, I don't know, no judgment here. But if you did 4, 5, and 6 and you kind of knew the story and where everything was headed, do you remember that moment where little Annie comes in and he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know, and then in the background, the strings kind of pick it, and they're like, dun, 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 dun. You remember that? And if you see 4, 5, and 6, you're like, you get goosebumps, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. This, it's Darth Vader. Like, and you're picturing that fight scene that happens later on, <clears throat> where Obi-Wan like, gets his lightsaber and says, cut me down. You know, vroom, and it happens. You remember that? Well, so many times in the Old Testament, there's these foreshadowings. And if you've read the New Testament, you see kind of the bigger picture. You see these and you're like, oh, this is, this is good. Like this is, this is the foreshadowing. Um, and so I want to kind of jump in in 2 Chronicles 20. And what's gone on is the kingdom of Judah, God's people, um, are being laid siege to. There's a huge army kind of rolling in. And so this is what goes on in verse 1. So after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites... And some of the Minuites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. So, I don't know, some of you guys are engaged, you're thinking about getting married, and that's excellent. Um, Jehoshaphat's a great name for your dog. Or your first kid, if you want to live dangerously. Okay? They'll be 12 before they can spell. So Jehoshaphat, he's the king. So some people came and they told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Eden, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazan Tamar, that is, in Gedi. So afraid, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So let's, let's pause there for a second. Notice what Jehoshaphat does here. He's afraid, and he calls all the people together to seek help from God. They seek help, but they seek help from God. In the midst of uncertainty, they go to the one who is certain. In the midst of uncertainty, they go to the one who is certain. In the midst of the unknowns, they go to the one who knows. Guys, let's face it. This is the first time that we've ever gone through a pandemic. This is the first time that you've gone through your sophomore year in college. I mean, let's face it. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what your grade's going to look like. And so in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of the unknown, why, why wouldn't we go to the one who knows everything, who's already planned everything out? And so notice in the midst of this uncertainty, he runs to the thing that is certain. But notice what it doesn't say in the text. It doesn't say that he wasn't afraid. It doesn't say that he wasn't afraid. It says that he was afraid but he still sought God. Guys, you may be here and you may be wrestling and struggling with fear of the future or fear of this relationship or fear of, of clowns. But here it says, it, if you're afraid, then seek God. Well, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm scared. Well, do it scared. That's okay. 
Look at the text. That's what Jehoshaphat does. He's afraid, so he goes to God. Fear pushes him toward the Lord, not pushes him to exclusion or pushes him to being a recluse or pushing him away from God's people. Actually pushes him to God and to his people. Look, it doesn't say that he talked to God as a last resort. He talked to God as the first resort. Afraid, so he resolved in his mind to talk to God, to seek the Lord. I think it's interesting because that word says resolve. That means he had to make the conscious decision to go against his feelings. He had to make this conscious resolve, stubborn will, this is what I'm going to do, that I'm going to seek the Lord. Because his feelings were saying, I'll go anywhere else. I'll go run to Egypt and I'll get help there. I'll go back to the armory. I'll go nervous binge eat everything in my house. And it says, no, he had to resolve so that he would seek the Lord. And that's the first thing that he does. And notice the text, the scripture does not say that he did it by himself. What does it say? He immediately gathers the people together and says, we have to seek the Lord. Guys, our location has changed. I mean, we all know that. We were, we were gathered together praying before this thing kicked off, um, which was really awkward, to be really honest, because we're used to gathering in my office, and there's about 15 of us, and there's laughter, and there's cheering, and there's just there's three of us in an empty room, standing six feet apart, praying. But guys, social distancing does not mean relational distancing. If nothing else, God's people lean in more during times like these. Because I think God leans in more during times like these. And so one of the things I want to encourage you is, yeah, digital stuff may be a little awkward. But don't miss God in these moments. I don't want to miss God in these moments because I'm quarantined. Be involved in discipleship. Be involved in community. Be involved in, with somebody who knows you, who can hold you accountable and who you can be vulnerable with. Find somebody who's going to ask you the tough questions. How are you doing? How's your walk with God? You may be here and you don't have a faith element at all in your life, and that's okay. I'm, I'm amazed that you stumbled upon this. Um, we are glad you're here. Thanks for, thanks for make, choosing us as an alternative to boredom. But look at this. You may be here, and, and in this isolation, you're struggling with this doubt and this depression and this anxiety, and I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what to do. You can still follow this. Reach out. Especially in this context, because in this place, there's going to be a lot of people who love Jesus and who love you. And you've got friends on campus who trust God to provide, and they're going to be people that are going to want to know and hear your story and hear what's going on. Let's be a people to not step away from community. Let's don't fall into the trap of relational distancing. Because let's face it, guys, live stream Christianity will very quickly become consumeristic Christianity if it is not connected to the people of God. So let's keep going. All right, so verse 5, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 5. So then Jehoshaphat, so he's called everybody together, they've cleared a fast, and he's fixing to give you kind of the history of, of the people's relationship with God. So he stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard, and he said, 
Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Guys, these characteristics of God are as true today as they were then when he said it. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it, and they have built a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity ever comes upon us, whether the sword, of judgment, or plague, or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us, and you will save us. What a beautiful picture. God, it's falling apart. And you said if it's falling apart, if we will show up here and say it's falling apart, you will hear us and you will save us. My friends, the Lord has made some promises to us as his people to not leave us or forsake us, to to work things out for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. Guys, those promises are as true now as they were six months ago. There is true when you were here on campus as they are in your home. And guys, let's be honest. Some of us are displaced and you're in your home and you're like, man, this is the last place I wanted to be. And you're wrestling with whatever this is or I've got this or I'm having to stay here and this relationship is, I'm struggling with my mom, I'm struggling with my brother. There's tension in my home. And you're asking yourself, does God even care? Yes, God cares. His promises are true now as they were then. They're as true now as they were when you were on campus in your res hall and everything was okay. And some of you guys are stuck in your res halls and you're wondering like, what the heck? This is is like an empty city. And yes, it's an empty city. And you're saying, "How, how could God be here? And some of us, maybe just like, just like Jehoshaphat and his crew, are in mourning. And we had such high hopes for whatever April was, whatever May was. You may be graduating and you're thinking, this stinks. Seniors, class of 2020, forever will be known as the one they canceled. But the promises of God are still true. And He's still available and He still hears. He still loves. And on a completely side note, if you're here and you're like, man, I'm going to shoot my shot with this guy. And you came back from spring break. And obviously we're distanced. This is not what this is talking about. <laughs> okay. You may look like this was my chance. Like I was, we were finally talking. No, no, this, uh, come back next week. We're going to start a relationship series. But it's talking about these promises that lead us closer to him and are for our, the things we need and for our good, not necessarily our wants and our lusts. So let's keep going. So they have this conversation with God. God, you made these promises. And so we're here, hear us and save us like you said. And God, there are people from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came to Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. But see how they're repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, God, will you not judge them? And I love this. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We have no power and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
And it's this picture of all the men of Judah with their wives and their children's children and their little ones. And they stood there before the Lord. It's a picture of a man with his arm around his wife and kids snuggling close and somebody's carrying a baby. It's a picture of family and they stood there before the Lord. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We're standing on the promise that you'll lead us, that we can do this because we're looking to you. Guys, my question, my question tonight is, who are your eyes on? Who are my eyes on? Who are our eyes on? When things get tough, where are we looking? Are we looking at the CDC? Are we looking at our grades? Are we looking at our parents? Are we looking at alcohol? Are we looking at porn? Where are our eyes at? Because it's, it's the place that you look first, and that's the thing that's first place in your life. Notice Jehoshaphat resolved to seek the Lord, meaning that he made the decision that he was going to seek the Lord no matter what. So what is it that we look first to? Because that's the thing that's first place in our life. It's that, it's that moment when, when you finally make that grade that you studied hard and you made the A and you got the grade. It's, it's the, the excitement of, I just got to run and tell this person. And that, these, this is not a bad example, but it's that kind of excitement that's like, oh, this is the first one. This is the important person in my life. I got to go tell them. Well, the, the flip side of that is true. It's, it's when I'm anxious and when I'm struggling, what is it I run to to release that? Because the truth is, this picture is, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And the men and their families, the women and their families are gathered around. And so it's not just me by myself, but it's the people watching me, looking where I'm looking. Noticing what first place is in my life. Guys, people are watching where you look. People are watching where I look. Upperclassmen. Our freshmen are looking at you, wondering... Where do I look during this time? What do I do? Everything just went online. I was involved in a community of people, and now my community meets in, and, on Zoom, and I feel like the Brady Bunch. Upperclassmen, they're looking to you. Guys, if you're home, your parents are looking at you. The worst thing we can do as people who profess to love Jesus is to go home and then not honor our father and mother. You want to completely blow mom and dad's mind, serve them. Come, come to serve, not to be served. That's, that's the mark of a person who follows Jesus. My, my kids and my wife are watching me and they're asking the question, what do we do? And they take their cues from me. And so if I'm looking at my anxiety or my insecurity or I'm looking at my stress level or my little idols that I've created... And not God, they're going to see that. And they're going to say, oh, well, anxiety is the most important thing. Or reputation is the most important thing. And we all know that's not true. Our classmates are looking. Our high school friends are looking. Shoot, the entire world has leaned in. Because now the church cannot happen within a building. Christian ministry cannot happen within a building. So it happens in the public square. And so the whole world's seeing what we're seeing. I think it's crazy that the church broke Facebook Live on Sunday. I'm really grateful that we don't have to fight over Sunday morning and we've got the Thursday night slot. 
Um, I'm actually kind of jealous because I'm, I've been kind of studying the Facebook live feed. And like there's several other college ministries. I'm like, oh, I've got to figure out how to watch them. Don't, don't go there. Stay. I didn't say that. That's not true. There's, we're the only ones here. Come back. Come back. Okay. But look at this. Where we look, where we focus on, people see that and they understand that's where we place our value. So let's be a people who look to the Lord, to look. Because the truth is we can't say our eyes look to God if we hear what he says, but then we're constantly looking around for a second opinion. That means that really, this is the person. The second opinion, whoever I need validation from, is actually the place I'm looking. We can't say our eyes are on the Lord and our highest hope and our joy is found in him when the thing we're always looking at and checking and the person we're checking with is our girlfriend, our boyfriend, our mom, our dad, or our bank account. I want to follow God, but my parents. I want to follow God, but this. What's the thing we look to when we're stressed out? What's the thing we look to when we're anxious? Is it alcohol? Is it porn? Did you know that the percentage of Pornhub usage has doubled this past week? It's amazing because I think for a whole generation, a large part of our society, it can be said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on Pornhub. We don't know what to do, but my eyes are on this relationship. And here's the beautiful thing about this story in 2 Chronicles 20. They gather, they look to God, and God hears them. And in the next verses, God speaks to them. I know we're live streaming, but I want to be aware of your time. And the rest of the story is God speaks, and he saves them. And he speaks, and he saves them. And this happens in Second Chronicles, but several more times throughout Scripture, through the Old Testament, his people are in trouble physically. God speaks. And he saves them. And then it brings us to the New Testament. And all of a sudden, it's this moment in episode one where it's like, dun, 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 dun. And there's this foreshadowing. And we see that because Jesus walks on the scene. And all of a sudden, the physical foreshadowing of the Old Testament points to this spiritual salvation that comes with Jesus. And it's not the Old Testament of rescuing his people from the cause of anxiety and fear, or these outside forces that produce anxiety and fear and certainty. It's the spiritual salvation and the spiritual renewing that rescues it from doubt, from worry, from anxiety, from guilt. And that's, that's the beautiful picture here, guys. And you may be here and you're like, I'm not stressed out. This is like a third vacation. And that's fine. If that's where you're at, that's where you're at. But you also may be here and you're like, I, I do have these things that I'm turning to in this stress and I'm not sure what's next. Because the truth is, is if we are not in a place of uncertainty, we will be sooner or later. If we're coming out of this, then we may be walking into it. And the question is, really the, the, the litmus test of our faith is, what are we looking to? Where are we putting our hope? Who are we seeking in these moments? And you may be here and you just feel beat up by the past three weeks. Your rhythm's off. You're not sure what to do. Um, everything's just kind of thrown to the wind. And you're, and you're grasping, trying to figure out what's going on. And you just kind of feel weighed down by that. 
One of the beautiful pictures of Scripture is that Jesus comes and he answers the questions of the Old Testament. He answers the questions of stories like Second Chronicles. He fulfills these promises. And when Jesus rolls on the scene, his entire job is to bring glory to God and bring us into a right relationship with God the Father. And he says some really beautiful things. I want to, I want to share with you, kind of in closing Matthew 11, one of the things that he says. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Have we been heavy laden? Have we been weary these past weeks? Because if you have, Jesus says, I will give you rest. I need rest in these moments. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It says, take take my responsibility. Take my, it's this this agriculture kind of term. It says, take the yoke and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly heart. Kind of how this works. If you know the thing about oxen, which I don't, I'm a general studies major. Okay, so there we go, exposed, vulnerable on Facebook Live, here we are. Um, but essentially when you have ox and you're pulling a cart, you always want two ox. You want an old ox and a young ox, okay? And the reason is, is you want an old ox because they know the way. I mean, let's face it, it's like strapping a task on a junior high ADHD. You know, it's like, great, they could run fast and they have the energy of a hyped up Red Bull squirrel but they're all over the place. And so you strap the young ox and old ox because the old ox knows the path. And so when the young ox goes AWOL, they're yoked together and he can bring him back. But the truth of the matter is, is you have to have the young ox too because the old ox can't carry the burden and pull because the strength comes with the young ox. And so what Jesus is saying is, yoke up to me. Like you're trying to do this all yourself. Yoke up to me. You're trying to carry all of this, but you're not strong enough. I'm strong enough. He's saying, yoke up to me also because I know the way. Like, you don't know the way. You've never done this before. Yoke up to me and take, I'll take your burden and also show you the way. For I am gentle and lowly heart and you will find rest for your souls. Guys, if you want rest for your souls, it's not going to come in an earthly relationship. You want rest for your souls, it's not going to come in your accomplishments. It's not going to come in your major. It's not going to come in what your parents think of you or what your friends think of you. It's It's not going to come in your resume candy and all the clubs and stuff you were involved in. Guess what? Think about it. Your entire social life was just ripped from you because of something we can't even see. And when this thing ends, are you going to rush back to that and put your hope in that? I hope not. But he looks and he says, find rest for your soul because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, just like, just like the, the Israelites looked to God and said, I'm gonna put, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm going to put my eyes on you. Jesus is saying, just like they had a physical problem, we have a spiritual problem. In order to get the relief and the salvation and the rescuing spiritually, we have to get our eyes off of this and put our eyes on Jesus. And that's when you experience the rest for your souls. That's... It's this, this faith of I'm trusting in Jesus that I'm going to hand him my junk and he's going to hand me back rest. I'm going to confess that I've got to give up control and I've got to take his yoke upon me. That's what Jehoshaphat did, you notice, in the, in the story. He puts his eyes on Jesus and says, we don't know what's going on, but we'll do whatever you say. Whatever you say, Lord, we put our trust in you. 
And it's in that moment he puts his faith in God and gives up control of his country. He says, the only way we're going to beat this is if you show up. And God does. And what was physically true in the Old Testament is very spiritual, much spiritually true now. As we, give, we look and say, I can't, I can't beat this. God, fix it. And we give up control. We confess that we've done the wrong thing. We've gone the wrong way. We've tried to do it ourselves. And what happens in these moments is Jesus brings us back into a relationship with God. And that's the beauty of that. And you may be here and you've got more questions and you want to know what does it look like to have a relationship with God? Or maybe you were here and you just kind of run crazy, but this, this current situation has kind of opened your eyes like, oh gosh, I need to, take, I need to make this a priority. Um, well, we could do a couple things. Um, I don't think raising your hand would really help out right now. Um, and that'd be awkward for your parents or whoever's sitting next to you trying to figure out why you're raising your hand looking at a phone. Um, but if you could do something for us, could you, could you DM us? Um, could you send a message? Um, if you're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that, there's a spot on our website at tarletonbsm.com connect where you can give us a little bit of information and kind of tell us what you're thinking. Um, we would love to talk to you about what it looks like to move forward in your relationship. And maybe you're here and you're a follower of Jesus and you're just like, I'm crippled by fear. Let's talk. Let's talk. We got time to do this. Let me pray for us and we'll move on to what's next. God, I'm really grateful for my friends. And God, I pray that they would hear from you in these moments. God, I pray that you'd bless them. God, I, I pray wherever they're at on the spectrum, worried, not worried, fearful, not fearful, that you'd meet them there. And they'd be overwhelmed by your spirit. Jesus, you've been good to us. Thank you for coming and bridging the gap and building our relationship with God when we put our faith in you. We pray these things for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, I've had a couple closing announcements. Um, we are going to do, um, we're going to start a dating series next week. I'm just kind of tired of talking about pandemic. Let's talk about stuff that makes us all laugh that we've all messed up on. Um, so we're going to do Spring Fling. Um, so there's a couple things you could do to help us out. Um, first off, would you begin tweeting, using Instagram, social media, um, and tell us about your worst date, okay? Tell us about your worst date. Um, I'll, I won't tell you mine yet. But use that hashtag, and then we're going to collect some of our favorites, and we're going to read them out next week, um, live stream, so we can kind of celebrate and commiserate with you. Um, but also... Even, even this works for tonight, too. One of the things we realize is that you may have questions. You're like, oh, oh he said that, and I'm not really sure what he meant. Or I, she said that, and I'm not really sure what that looks like. Or you've got questions. You can do a couple things. One, you can post that question in the comment. You're like, hey, you said this. What do you mean by this? Um, and I'll, I'll get to the Facebook feed eventually and see it. Or if you're like, wow, that's, a, that's kind of a personal question. I don't, I don't know if I want everybody to know that I asked that question. Then send us a message. Um, so what we're going to do is, is several of us are going to kind of get together and kind of do a Q&A and answer some of those questions. It'll be anonymous. It's not going to be like, well, Joe from wherever said this. But we're anonymous, so we're going to kind of talk about these and do kind of a Q&A, and we'll toss that up on our podcast um, so you guys can kind of do some follow-up. And so if you've got any questions about tonight, toss it in the, the chat, message us, um, and we'll get that out early part of next week in some of our Q&A. Um, but really look forward to seeing you guys next week, um, and we appreciate you guys. God bless, stay safe, and uh, y'all have a great night. 
Thank you for listening to the Tarleton BSM podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe. To keep up with everything Tarleton BSM, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tarleton BSM. See you next time.